namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa putang dhammang sanghang namasami Janatika who said uh, this is my farewell desana <laughs> gives it a kind of somber tone, doesn't it? But final words. But it may maybe, maybe not. You never know. But it does bring to mind uh uh, whole sense of leaving and uh, how leaving is part of our practice just as you know, we leave things, things leave us, things pass away, things come to an end, things change we move from one space to another space bits of ourselves drop away um, energies change and shift who we think we are goes over the horizon, something else is ar- arises. Yeah. All of our practice is just about contemplating uh, birth and death as it happens on a psychological plane. You know, we come into being something, position, identity, a mood. Uh, and with that for a while, perhaps investing in it, being filled by it, struggling with it, and then it shifts and changes. And well, where was that? Sometimes it's quite uh, difficult. You know, coming into being can be difficult. Don't know what to do. Don't know how to do it. Don't know if it's going to work. Feel nervous. Make a hash of it. Jump in. Be impulsive. Dither. Waver. Trying to back out. Uh, have another go. Seek reassurance. <laughs> and, and then leaving, you know, so you don't feel kind of being kicked out, dumped, uh, rushing out, running out the back door, but gracefully leaving. And this is very much what uh, uh, practice is about because everything is leaving us, everything is arising in us, everything is leaving us. And uh, if, if there's that continual chaos or jerking or reactivity we don't recognize something else a larger sense larger sense of being so we so that particularly in in uh, Theravada meditation a lot of the emphasis is placed upon just when something ends, being with the ending of something, and noticing when the the forms or the energies or the emotions or the thoughts shift and change and recede, what's left, what's there, you know. And there's a larger sense of being. If that's a, so, if that's accomplished skillfully, if we leave, if things leave us gracefully, mindfully, with full awareness, then there's a larger sense. It's as if the, the wave of the feeling of the thought dies back and you, you enter the pool. You feel this kind of larger sense of being and then something arises out of that. This is meditation. So today we had uh, Paul and Mark arose like driven snow Immaculate impurity, 
this lovely birth into into an agarical hood, an agarical life. There's always something very, very beautiful about seeing a clearly uh, undertaken, measured, considered, welcomed birth, rather than the accident or the or the kind of spasms that we can go through, either literally uh, uh, physical birth or the psychological births that we take on, where you just kind of rushed into something, rushed out of something, dumped on something, collide. Something that's taken out gracefully, measured, reflected, and then welcomed. Yeah. Noticed, welcomed. Oh, welcome. Yeah. Um, and uh, because when we're welcomed into, into being somebody, uh, there's a sense of no longer having to prove anything, make anything out of it, that we can feel quite, we can let ourselves take form, take an identity, take a position, just nat- naturally, rather than the need to assert, grab some ground, make sure we deserve it, make sure we're worthwhile. We welcomed into being somebody. And it, it's just this care over being just a bit more reflective about how we pick things up, how we take birth, you know, and how we let things pass, how we take leave, how we pass away. And then you stay in touch with the ground of being out of which you arise as a person, as a series of functions, and then you recede back into that. There's something you can uh, contemplate in meditation. Things arise in the mind and then they, they pass. There's some quality of citta, awareness there. level of being, a level of, a level of selfhood. And then if you contemplate the level of, just the level of being, the sense of steadiness, stability, kind of formless, open state, and you begin to contemplate the particular underlying currents in that. And they can be also released. So we come back to something like a more fundamental than being anything or even being about to be. How do we come into, how do we come up, how does our self arise? It's important to get a a sense of this because quite a lot of the time we're wrestling with ourselves, you know, wishing it was something else, feeling regret about it, wondering whether it's okay trying to prove that it's okay, comparing with other people, wishing we'd shut up, not wanting to be shut up, wanting to have our say, but wanting to be modest about it, and, and so on. It's a kind of struggle. We don't want to be annihilated and ignored and wiped out. At the same time, I don't want to be taking over. You know, so our energies often move from a, a very kind of uncertain, contracted or f- state where we don't really want to be anybody, you know, held back, uncertain, and then we come into it, and then we feel we've got to make a big thing out of it in order to hold our ground, prove we're worthwhile, get our way. So you go from a contracted state to an overexpanded state, and then in the overexpanded state, it's easy to to see things have got to be my way, or, you, you know, you don't enter into something that's more mutual, and then sooner or later, the flat comes, the feedback comes, the disappointments come, and then, oh dear, and then you drop it all and then rush back and contract again into being hurt and shrinking and, you know, poor little me. You know, for a while, poor little me becomes okay and then out it darts again. 
me lord of the universe and then crash, bang, wallop and then poor little me again because we haven't really actually checked in with being, you know, with the whole being something we've kind of jumped into it or rushed into it and then crashed out of it Because it's the level of the, the interesting thing, particularly in, in community life, when you use that as a source of meditation and contemplation, is that the level of self is where there's always difficulties because the whole sense of personal self is supposed to be different. You know, it, it, like we all look different, we're supposed to look different. We're supposed to be different, so you know, this is my shoes, that's her shoes, this is, you know. It's based upon being different, being distinct. It's conditioned into that. And uh, I think as Westerners particularly, there's enormous emphasis on being an individual, standing up for yourself, being unique in some way. Even though so often being un- what being unique is becomes a kind of group trend. Like, let's say everybody's going to be unique and casual. So you get everybody's wearing jeans, wearing de- these kind of designer T-shirts. Everybody's being an individual. <laughs> it's becomes a group norm that everybody has to be an individual and not just an anonymous member of a group. So it's a strange kind of uh, schizoid state where we want to be, we're supposed to be very separate and individual and just exactly who I am and if you don't like it, that's your problem. But that becomes the group norm. Yeah. That's what everybody's supposed to be. Somebody who's not going to be the, an individual is considered to be, well, you're not really alive, you're not really trusting yourself or honouring yourself, you know, you're not being a properly realised individual. So you get a group pressure to be um, somebody who's different, unique. And so there's a huge emphasis on this individuality experience. And it's always based upon some kind of notional sense of distinction, distinctness. And within that, we're naturally, the whole tendency is where we compare, we contrast, am I better, am I the same, am I this, that, the other, you know, that's kind of happening, antennae are out to trigger off that, am I getting the same as everybody else, am I better, worse, left out, and so forth. And so this causes a quite a lot of difficulties trying to actually find a way in which all our individualities, all our distinctness can merge into some harmonious pattern. That's the big practice of, of community life and of Sangha life. You know, how to have that, you know, all these individuals belonging to something they feel is a corporate thing which doesn't crush them or overwhelm or dominate or and though we try you can try to do that on a on a level of self that is we will sit around and talk about what we're going to do and that's useful but it's useful only in as much as is actually everybody's allowed to say something or be be welcomed or be themselves and then you know actually recognizes a lot of the time it doesn't matter then you can then just go along with being second, third, fifth, new new person, top dog, whatever, because you, you've got something bigger than that role or identity. You've got some sense you, you can kind of go back into the larger field and feel comfortable with that. This is a practice that uh, certainly we, we seem to put a lot more effort into in the last... 10 years or so, particularly in coming to the West, recognizing the extraordinary difficulties and suffering and distress that can arise in community life, just from people not feeling that they're uh, in touch or consulted or part of something, you know, or feeling they're being, they're, they're being wiped out. Because it's such a, a huge loss of the sense of being. The sense of being is what we all, we all have in common. The sense of self is what sets us apart. We all feel ourselves to be unique, particular 
idiosyncrasies and bodies and shapes and patterns and so forth. And there's a wider sense of being, which is where we feel, I said, we all feel we can, we are in that. Yeah. And it's so you can sense this in yourself whenever you begin to, you know, come out of the particular thoughts, storylines, you drop into something where there's a natural sense of um, empathy, compassion, um, serenity, calm, clarity. And you feel this is where we all sympathize and empathize with each other. Our conflicts arise when we just can't come back into that sense. And in community life, it's very much the case that, you know, if you can't actually find that place of empathy with another person, of trust, of serenity with them, then there's always going to be the mistrust and so forth. Comparisons and criticisms going on. So it becomes a big topic how we can... You realise you can't actually find it on a level of personalities. You can only do it by by suppressing personality. This isn't suppressing personality or denying it. It's about everybody individually sensing themselves arising and being able to let go and pass into something wider. And that something wider, then you, you're automatically at a place where naturally, by itself, you feel a sense of empathy and awareness and that, that fits the whole picture. So to find harmony, you don't actually have to agree with everybody, or even like everybody, or know everybody. But essentially to, in one's own experience, to let go or take leave of oneself gracefully. And something else seems to open up. And you feel in a wider sense, which includes others. You begin to see other people suffering with compassion, other people's habits and difficulties with a sense of of, uh, empathy, rather than fault-finding, criticism. You feel it in yourself when you, you, because the sense of self is always somewhat more contracted and tighter. And particularly when it, you can feel it particularly when you're driven. You feel very tight in your body feels tight, up in your head. We get tight emotions. We don't have much time or much space. Um, and we become judgmental. Uh, we judge ourselves. We get self-critical. We judge others. We get impulsive, and there's that, and that's you see is the, the kind of extreme sense of self, and there's a loss of a wider quality of being where we feel comfortable and settled. It's this loss of loss of being. Is like avijja, one of the qualities of ignorance, is 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 losing that sense of being wider sense of being, wider sense of what we're in. And you can almost feel it in your body when, when we lose it. Uh, there's a nervousness, we often need reassurance, uh, we need to be doing things, um, we feel, might feel defensive, uh, vulnerable, uh, because there's a loss. And the loss can be chronic. That is, we've never we've lost it so long that we've hardly really been in the wider sense of being. So that one's life has been lived trying to find a place, trying to feel okay, needing reassurance, trying to find some friends, trying to feel okay, keeping busy, trying to make sure we we're on top of things, trying to control things. Quite tragic, because as much as we do that we don't actually ever get what we need because we haven't actually dropped into this wider sense. And the sense of self can only take you to to more places in that same pattern, another place where you've got to make it work, be nervous, uh, win and lose, succeed and fail, and so forth. 
and uh, many people um, find it very difficult to actually drop into this wider sense of being because the huge emphasis there is on on self and the huge loss of welcome acceptance um, as we are you know in our strangeness, in our pains, in our difficulties, huge loss of that. So chronically, we can be in this kind of alert, defensive, needing to prove something, unsteady position. And then everything that touches us is, is felt in that way. Even meditation, you know, can be like that. We meditate to try to find something, but we're actually meditating from that same sense of the, the alienated self, um, where I've got to good at it, make it work, get somewhere, make sure I live, do what it says in the books, make sure I do that, get progress, make sure I arrive at the place where the master says it should be, make sure I'm on track. I'm not going to be left behind. I don't want to be the fellow who falls asleep or the. Or you know, or the person with defilements. I should get rid of these things. And yeah, it's true, you know. But it, they, you don't. They don't. You don't get rid of them. They die away uh, when you come out of that particular place, that particular piece of territory. And they never die away in that territory. You know, as a self, no one can meditate. You know, in, in the proper way, we can kind of gain vantage points. We can succeed for a while, but then we get we get conceited, um, and so forth. So you never really get to that place where it's just everything is okay and at rest from the the self position. And you really study that experience. You know, the strange compulsions and the driven senses and the the nervousness and the comparative quality as it happens. Really study it. Um, because this is it's only from, you know, when, we're, when, this, when this self-experience is happening for us, as it is probably for most of the time, you have to be in that and know how to leave it. You can't leave it by trying to jump out of it or crushing it or being negative or reacting to it. You have to take leave of that. And there's a kind of letting go from that place into something wider. You don't, you know, nobody's, you know, you've got to, you've got to come from your, that, the sense of who you are, however that is. And often that's the path that is mindful, dispassionate and compassionate. It means really seeing yourself as as it is, and taking leave of that. Just recently, we had these um, big meetings at Amrawadi, where we, the senior monks and nuns, get together and we discuss bits of business. And these are always. Uh, uh, good checkpoints. Uh, so I've been going to these for oof, a long time, Ooh, twenty years maybe, and just noticing the difference in patterning of them. First of all, basically, Ajahn Sumedha would be there as the kind of leader, and we he'd say a few things, and we just ask him what we should do. And he'd say, do this and do that. And we'd say, well, should it be this way or that way? And he'd say, well, you know. So it was basically consultation with the, with the, the, the leader. And then it gradually over time, he didn't want to do that. And in fact, he couldn't do it. It's too much to handle. And uh, other monks felt, well, then they got things to say as well. So there's a kind of period when it's got a bit chaotic as to how this shift happens. Um, and uh, now you have something that's a little more uh, a group, and just noticing the kind of um, difficulties and tensions that, that uh, can occur in that, and how they they uh, get uh, changed or they they dissolve as a meditative process. So I really try to meditate in these sessions because it's quite a quite a big shift because. Uh, 
the way that, though it, it's not so dramatic now, but the way the Sangha tends to be structured, the Thai form that we've adopted, is that the Ajahn is the boss. He's top, here I am up on the seat, and everybody bows to me, and I don't bow to anybody else, and now if I say something, it should be this way, then basically people will go, mm, okay, at least that's, that's the kind of little thing I like to think, anyway. <laughs> It used to be that way. <laughs> At least they, they look like they, they agree anyway. <laughs> but then, you know, when you get, so you've been doing that, you're used to, when you say something, everybody else stops talking. Because you're the, 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 you're the agile, you know, so you st- everybody else stops talking. Okay, okay. And you explain how things are supposed to be, and then, okay, fine, we do that. But then you meet, you go to a meeting where there's five other men who've also been in the same position where they say something, everybody else stops talking and what they say, people listen to and they say, fine. And suddenly there's five of us there. <laughs> All saying, well, it's supposed to be like this and that and the other. And everybody else says, uh-huh. No, it's supposed to be like this, that and the other. <laughs> it's kind of clashing. Because it, it all sounds quite convincing. Because in my position... Oh, yeah, I can rationalize and reason, and, yeah, and this is the way I see it, and it makes sense. But uh, one of the um, things one begins to notice, even in terms of Dhamma and Vinaya, you know, things that you f- we feel there's only one way, it says so, the Buddha says this, you find, yeah, but there he said that. And you get, well, the Vinaya, but there they do it like that. And then the proper way to have a monastery, but there they do it like and you realize... Actually, nobody's got the last word on this. And the awkward thing is to recognize that in situations where, you know, the, the people are trained in, in purity and wisdom and kindness, who find themselves often experiencing conflict, um, defensiveness, rejection, uh, Con, you know, power, power struggles, mistrust over things that are nothing much really. You know. Even over he, who's talking the most. You know. And just noticing o- over the years, we seem to have kind of moved through that, both by establishing certain conventions of how we hold meetings. But also, I, I sense in just beginning to, to witness some of these these manifestations, and wow, there it is. You know. uh, and rather than reacting to that, just how that feels in the body, how that feels in the heart, awareness of that, and just being able to relax and take leave of that. Seeing yourself is always uh, 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 an embarrassing experience. <laughs> I was saying to one of the monks today, I was noticing going to Amrawadi and then uh, a Thai, I got this message, this Thai woman wanted to, to see me briefly. So, okay, right, so I was before the meal. I came into the sala, sat down, and this Thai lady came up and she had a little plastic bag with her. And she just said, Oh, and she wanted to offer this plastic bag, of, which had some tea and things like that in it. So, okay, fine. Oh, and she said a few words and doesn't actually want anything, just to offer this thing. Oh, it's very nice. And, uh, oh, tea, she had a tea. Don't really want any more tea, you know, coffee and tea. I've got plenty of this, so okay. I wish people wouldn't keep giving me all these things that I can't use, you know. So then I thought, oh, okay. And then uh, after the meal, she came to the next monk, which is Ajahn Indo, and she had two bags. And I thought, two bags? You only gave me one bag. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and I didn't, you know, I didn't want anything in the bag, but that somebody should get better than me. 
how interesting. Particularly when it's, you know, uh, uh, for a man when it's a woman, you know, see the sense of nice smiling lady comes along and looks at you like you're wonderful, and gives you a little bag, and you think, oh, well, that's all right then. <laughs> then she does it to the next one. And, What's the matter with her? <laughs> a little jealousy over something you don't actually, you know, I think both of us just took these bags and then gave them to the stores. You know, we didn't actually want anything. But you see how this sense of the immediate self-positioning uh, and then the comparisons around that. And it's quite good to see that. But then rather than, you know, in my own mind, rather than kind of ignore that, I just go, oh, I feel that. There he is. I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah. Mm. sense of what happens the energy in the body, the flustering the whatever okay mm. just be present with that and then it can actually do what it does and then you know, empty and you come back to something larger again so it's taking leave of yourself not rejecting yourself because that's what self is about Self is a very much me best needing to have my ground, needing to be somebody comparison critical. That's that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. But that's not all we are. You know, it's not all we have. We can, you know, you, you see the personality, and then you not to it has that quality to it. Then you can, okay. Is that, and the practice of, of of being aware of one's personality and how that arises, very much so in in social contact, and in positioning in human societies, such as monastic societies, human societies. Who gets left out? Who's the one who's ignored? Who's the one whose word doesn't count? Who's the one who's getting all the attention? Who's the one everybody looks at, you know, and uh, is is given more attention, less attention. These are very uh, testing experiences, challenging experiences. As much as we th- think it shouldn't matter, it does matter. <laughs> yeah. It has big, big effects. So there can be skills in that. I, I re- remember one time when I was Ramawadi. Then this was a few years ago. That the things were in a bit of a mess, and uh, they needed somebody to organise the work. So I, I said, I, I'll do that. I'll be the work person. I wasn't particularly good at it, I, you know, but I could at least, I was prepared to sit there and, you know, hand out duties and chores and rotors and things like that and try to get people who knew what they were doing to do particular things. I mean, me as a work monk is a bit of a joke. But I was prepared to at least sit there and, and uh, ask people what they could do and how they could do it, you know. And other monks actually more skills, but didn't want to be in, in the central position of telling other people what to do, nervous of that. So I often would get them to do the particular things. I wasn't, you know, I didn't really like doing it. Uh, I wasn't any particularly good at it. I was already doing many other things. And, uh, uh, you know, so I was overworked. And then one day, I think, I think I just came in and his manager said, don't stop, I want you to just stop being the work monk, stop doing it, he can do it. And I felt really quite crushed. <laughs> Even though I didn't want to do it, wasn't particularly good at it, this other person was better at it, but, but somehow the, the sense of, you know, the, the leaving was just a cut off, rather than the, well, you did the best you could, thanks very much, um, how about this, and just, you know, um, so you can actually t- 
take leave rather than be rejected or pushed out and how something that uh, what could be seen as just the minor so what in monastic life actually touches into these very primary senses of am I, you know, do I take leave or am I pushed out? Am I welcomed in or am I thrown in, you know? Does anybody notice me here? Does anybody notice that I've left? Uh, and the, the, this very fundamental uh, agitation that occurs around coming into selfhood and coming out of it, taking a position and letting go of it. To be handled skillfully with full awareness. It's contact and losing contact. If we suddenly lose contact, we lose in that jolt, you lose the ground of being. Whereas if you recognize now it's time to put that down, put it aside, let go of it, and you have the time to do that, then you let go of that and you open into something bigger. If you don't let go of it, it just gets taken away, you, you tend to uh, contract into something smaller. It's, it's uh, when you begin to understand this, you, you see why things happen the way they do. Why people blow up you know, about nothing, apparently, about small things. You know. uh, it was also, everybody, I was, I was uh, noticing, you know, coming into the, the sala there and the sala is the main dining room, and they have a, a breakfast scene where everybody just goes and picks some food off the t- off the server in and just sits down wherever they like, and other people come and sit with them or don't sit with them. And that's always interesting because I I can go in there, sit down, sit on my own, and think, oh, nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody wants to be on my own. And then people start coming along with it. Oh, I feel overwhelmed. Give me some space. <laughs> you know, you can suddenly, you can swing from one extreme to another because contact is such a, such a, a delicate thing. And I was, uh, so last time I was sitting there and this man, a very pleasant man, who I, actually I, you know, I like a lot, but just doesn't really have a sense of of kind of entering, you know, it's someone who is immediately on you, you know, uh, American. <laughs> to understand the kind of negotiations you have to make to enter an Englishman's field of perception, you know, like, excuse me, hello, how are you, you know. It for a while. Would you like to spend some time? It's immediately, hey, Bante, wham, crash, and then, <laughs> kind of. Like people myself, in one sense, really trying to be with this person and, and listen to them and open up. Another part of me is just kind of struggling to get away. You know, just the, the sense of the energy, just kind of, uh, and the enthusiasm. Uh, which is just, uh, and uh, I could feel myself becoming, oh God, I'm becoming incredibly English. All this sort of becoming really withdrawn and um, um, non-committal and evasive. See, yeah. uh, I'd like to be warm and friendly and 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 um, interested, but I can't do it. You know? There's not enough space. It's too it's too quick for where, for where I'm at. And then she, okay, trying to just attention, just relaxing, relaxing, relaxing into that. So there's quite a lot, and then for people can get all kinds of misperceptions around that. Like, uh, you don't say very much, do you? Or you're not interested? When actually you're just struggling to stay present.
It's even more distressing when a person be genuinely friendly, you know, genuinely friendly, really wanting to, to give you some, some warmth, some friendship, and you just, something in this kind of, you know, too much, too quick, too soon, haven't, haven't entered, haven't met, haven't, you know, so it, it gets that kind of, uh, sense because there is this uh, you know to, in order to meet you have to first of all find the place where you the sense of being you know, it's kind of awareness this is another person even if I like this person I don't know really know where they're at right now so, okay so just awareness of the other person awareness of the wanting to reach in, or the wanting to connect, or the uncertainty, and just sort of taking, letting come together out of that, and then leaving, mm-hmm. rather than just uh, so what it is to leave, to take leave. So when you really focus on on a sense of leaving, then certainly in my mind, as as if I contemplate it, there are various concerns. Is things finished? Is it okay? Is this the right time? Is there anything needs further needs to be said? And then perhaps even just feeling some of the qualities of, oh well, I might not see you again. Perhaps mm-hmm. so, a little bit. Um, I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. And let that arise and pass until one really leaving happens. You know, all all has all has been felt or said or finished and then, then that is the leaving. It's a slow process. But with it in that then there is a, uh, we come into that sphere of being where actually there isn't that sense of ripping away or loss or grief or regret. If we actually let things pass and you come into something more universal. I like to practice it, meditation, very much. I always, uh, even in the little narrow realm of meditation period, actually entering the meditation and then leaving it. And to me, entering it is a matter of, first of all, of recognizing I don't have to meditate. I don't have to do that. I haven't got to get on with my practice. I haven't got to prove myself. I'm going to go anywhere. So entering meditation is like, first of all, just fully being present wherever I am and finding refuge in that. And it's as if the meditation starts to open by itself because I don't have to do it. I don't have to develop anything. I don't have to get anywhere. And that's such a, a lovely entry <laughs> that almost immediately begin, I begin to feel things shift. And, you know, actually things by themselves 
um, move. Things by themselves deepen. Things by themselves calm. Things by themselves arise. Sense of refuge arises. Sense of focus arises. Sense of concentration begins to arise. Something is, is happening, but fundamentally the process is one of acknowledging self, acknowledging self in the wider sphere of being and taking leave and coming into through that coming into rather than jumping out or even taking yourself into meditation you know where it becomes here's me in another place where I've got to make and do and have and get not not as good as and so forth but actually the whole process of meditation is to come out of self not to take it with you yeah. And it's in some way very simple, and in some way almost so simple that you think, oh, this isn't doing anything. Just sitting here, acknowledging the push, the volition, the uncertainties, the strategies, the plans, the uh, wanting to make it work, the determination that you're going to be Ajahn Man or Ajahn Char or whoever your you current. Um, uh, leader, master, hero is. Yes. Okay. The feeling some of that, that push, that need, that, that strategizing and this is me. <laughs> this is me again, you know. That's not that's not a problem. It's a it's a place. It's a it's a piece of me. It's a piece of experience. And you feel some of the, the energy of that and Accepting that gracefully. And once you accept it, you're no longer in it. And you're with it. And you can, you don't follow it. You begin to open into something larger. It happens by itself. With attention, of course. And the quality of the uh, mindfulness carries through. The whole thing, the process is done with mindfulness and full awareness. It carries through into the wider sphere of being, where you begin to contemplate the the latent tendencies, the uh, virtues, the joys, the uh, unevenness and you work in that wider plane of being and then leaving meditation is coming up to there is an external world you know, and gradually opening up to that feeling yourself within something and rather than jumping out into activity or jumping back into oneself just here I am here's the sounds, here's the sight yeah. And being calm in that, feeling steady in that, before we start moving into actions and uh, mental activity. Then you take the mindfulness and clear comprehension with you. You take the meditation, the fruits of that, you take it with you. Yeah. So then it becomes seamless. You're not jumping, you know, but you can deepen, it's like a wave process, you can deepen down and you can rise up and you can deepen down and you can rise up and in that you begin to recognize uh, the self uh, can be purified of its fears and its uh, uh, unevenness and a huge amount of it is fear-based huge amount of self-personality is based upon very fundamental fear, probably so fundamental we'd hardly even recognize it. But the, 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 the anxiety, the uncertainties, the need for security, the need to feel okay, the need to fear of not being good enough, there's a huge amount of that. But uh, when we come into that, we have to recognize that 
wave of, of uncertainty about what we should do, who we should be. Okay. Where do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? <coughs> is it a matter of somehow recognizing this is what's happening for everybody? Most people's anger is fear-based. Where people's uh, um, manipulations are fear-based, anxiety-based, needing to find a position. And so when you begin to sense that in yourself and others, what, what is really needed here? Other than awareness, compassion, awareness, steadiness. So that we come out of that. And then true action, rather than reaction, begins to occur. And this is really wonderful. When you find it, you can actually act clearly in the, in the larger world without just reacting from position seeking. So, just to finish, (laughs) I think it's always important to, uh, whatever one takes leave of, there's a sense of gratitude for the learning and the process, appreciation of there being something that one can practice with and people you can share it with, and asking forgiveness for the confusions and the oversights and the blind spots that uh, I have to work with and uh, um, yeah, watch this space. Andamayandamakatayasadukarandadamase Sadhu